hello, hello. Okay, y'all know my voice sounds so much clearer. Man, I was dealing with a cold last week. And when I record, I was determined to like record that podcast in spite of even, I even choked out. Like I had to edit a part out where I was like coughing. It's so crazy. (laughs) But we are back. And I'm telling you, I am having a blast doing Upstart. Man, Upstart is a community. It's a retail academy for startups, for a startup community, dreamers, visionaries, product creators, like innovators, everyone that have a vision that want to kick it off and need just a little bit of knowledge because they might be stuck here or stuck there or stuck everywhere because I've been stuck everywhere before. Well, I'm here to share what I know with you to help you get to the next level with your business. So I am talking to people that are starting out with just a vision and those that have a physical concept in their hands that they need to move to the next level, like they're ready to push this product out. Well, today we are talking about packaging. So I've said last week that we were going to be talking about packaging and branding, but I feel like I need to separate those two those two conversations because branding is that's a huge conversation by itself. Packaging that yeah, but branding, yeah, branding we need to talk about because branding is serious. You know, that can make or break your business if you're not branding properly, if you're not reaching your demographic. But before we get to that, before we start branding, we need to package because packaging our product is a part of the branding process because everything has to be consistent across the board. Brand colors, logo, um, the personality of your product, as well as the personality of your brand. So we're going to be talking about people who have physical products that they need specific packaging for. If it's a cookie all the way down to a body butter or sugar scrub or packaged goods like meats and stuff like that, branding is very important. So before we get started, I wanted to tell you a little bit, give you a little bit more backstory Uh, I did lightly discuss how I came into the purple packaging. I had someone that told me, like, my products suck. The way it looked, not the content, but the actual packaging. I started off with, uh, when I was Lush Locks, it was a white jar with a black top. And like I said, it was an Avery label. And someone had the courage to tell me because they cared that it wasn't hidden on nothing. And it wasn't. When I look back on it, you know, I love to see the growth, where I've come from and where I am now, because I'm in love with my purple and silver. I love it. I I absolutely love it. And I'm actually in the process of changing my labels again. I'm changing my logo and my labels. I'm still small enough where I can, uh, you know, make a major change like that. And it won't really affect um, where I'm headed. But if you really think about it, look um, at the evolution of uh, Coca-Cola from glass bottles to 
you know, plastic containers. And I think, I think Pepsi and Coca-Cola changed their logo a little bit over the, you know, over the years. We know McDonald's has some changes. It evolved and you know, KFC evolved and, you know, so change is okay. Your customers, when you have loyal customers and consumers that rock with you, they go rock with you until you get it right. Now, I had someone um, that was afraid to shift. They was afraid. They wanted to change their packaging uh, to look a little bit better than it did before. But they were afraid that they might run into some issues with being inconsistent and that the um, customers wouldn't uh, might not take well to the change. But what I want to let them know is, and I'm going to let you know, your customers will rock with you until you get it right. I had, when I was selling my body butter, I had a customer that um, came. She said, you know what? Every time I pick up body butters, it's in a different jar, different color and all of that. But she said, I don't care. I'm just letting you know, you know, I just noticed that. And it was funny to me, but you know, I love this body butter. And what they understand is we're trying to figure out our brand identity. I was really in the process and I'm still in the process of, you know, figuring out my brand identity. I I know what it is and I know where I'm trying to go, but it take it take me trial and error to get there. So you don't have to worry about if you're going to be uh, under scrutiny and criticized um, because you're fickle about what you're supposed to be. This is your baby. If you got to change it 12 different times, then you change it 12 different times until you get it right. This there, there is no straight road to success. You go left, right, up, down, back, forward. There's no straight road. You do what you have to do to get to where you're trying to go. Period. And your customers go continue. If it's green today and orange tomorrow, they're going to buy it. You change until you get it right. And so I am about to, like I said, change my logo again. So with that being said, let's talk about before we get to containers, because when you're shopping for containers, you're now trying to figure out your brand colors. Let's talk about brand colors. Now, what I read in an article, and I, you know, you guys can look up this article. Um, a while ago, I was reading about how to choose your brand colors because there is a science to this. Brand colors resonate. Okay, colors resonate with people. It sparks an emotion. And so choosing your colors is very important because colors can affect how a consumer feels when they're looking at your brand. And so each color represents a certain symbol, a certain meaning. And so when you're choosing, you want to be, everything is intentional when you're shopping, when when you're building your brand. 
every single thing all the way down to, yes, the colors. It's very important what colors you choose. You know, like, okay, so Pepsi Cola has red and blue, right? So let's talk about what red means. Red means invoke danger, but it also means passion. And then it means excitement. It, these are the things that you would feel. So the color meaning and symbolism, you know, how to use the power of color in your branding. Like you want to choose colors that invoke certain emotions. So like I said, red stop sign, you know, stop danger, blah, blah, blah. Red light stop. But passion, red, red roses, Valentine's Day, red hearts, passion. Also excitement. It gives excitement and it also gives off energy. So when you see the color red, one of those emotions is going to take place. But they also have blue in the Pepsi. So... Blue is communicative, trustworthy, calming, and then, of course, it can mean, you know, depressed. So, but when you put two of those um, colors together, you know, you can get a very good response. But also, Pepsi has white in, in their logo. So, purity, that's white. Purity, simplicity, innocence, minimalism. So you have red, white, and blue. And of course, that's the American flag. And, you know, USA got a lot of stuff going on right now. <laughs> and with our president, current president, danger. Okay, anyway. So, but the, but the can, the Pepsi can is blue, trustworthy, calming. You know what I'm saying? So... Coca-Cola, you have your red can, which is we want to speak to in the ex excitement and the energy and the passion. And then it has white in there, which is purity and simplicity and innocence and minimalism. You know, so that's just to go over like, you know, some of the colors that we're very familiar with. McDonald's has the orange, the, the yellow arch. And the yellow is optimistic and cheerful, playful, and happy. Well, it's definitely all of those things because Ronald McDonald House, you know? So you have, there is a reason why they chose these colors. So what you want to do is do research on the colors that you are most connected to for your brand and see what they represent. You know, mine is purple. So purple means royal and majesty. And then, <clears throat> um, you know, I have silver and I don't see silver in here. So purple and silver, but I also have some green, um, you know, in there as well. And green means natural. Of course, you know, all natural uh, hair care products and vitality, and prestige, and wealth, and all of that. So you want to look up, uh, look Google Canva, and color, meaning, and symbolism. Like, Google those words, because Canva has a really great article about it. And they also have a color chart that will help you 
um, to understand what each color uh, represents. So you definitely want to do some research on that uh, when you're choosing your brand colors. And so now we're going to be talking about great packaging. So you want packaging that's easy to use. It's, you know, we, there are so many different shapes and sizes, uh, you know, depending on what product you're trying to package. And so you want something that's um, easy for the consumer to use. Like I switched out my pumps, my shampoo pumps for the disc caps where you can just pop it open and then squeeze the shampoo into your hand rather than try to pump. So, okay. When you're creating a product, you have to think about, it comes from a place of empathy, right? So you're creating something based on your need because you understand that it's the same need as the people. Something you would use, what would you, how would you want to dispense your shampoo every day? I realized that even though I was putting my packaging together, I was thinking more so about the aesthetics of it. Like, you know, oh, that looks so hot. That looks so cute. But is it easy to use? So I had to go back because when I was using my own shampoo, I'm like, this is a little cumbersome. And I'm like, I would much rather want to squeeze this shampoo out than try to, uh, you know, pump it. Pump is Pumps are great for large body washes. You're putting it on your rag, you squeeze, you know. But when it comes to shampoo, and I didn't really want to deal with a pump. And so you want to think along the lines of what's convenient for you would be convenient for the consumer. And vice versa, what's convenient for them is, you know, you connect with because it's convenient for you. What is your need? You know, how would you want, what do you want you, the experience to be whenever they pick up your product, take it home to use it or eat it or whatever? What kind of experience are you trying to deliver? So when you're thinking about the, um, you know, how you're putting this package together, for them to use or eat or whatever your product, you gotta think about the experience. The experience starts with the eyes all the way down to when they're actually physically using or take, you know, eating or whatever that product. Everything is an experience when it's dealing with your product. So from when they look at it and say, this makes me feel X, Y, Z. I want to leave it or take it home because of how it makes me feel when I see it. And then they bring it home. Am I still having a great experience? So think about your packaging in that way. So with that, Make sure you are shopping wholesale for these packages. Please do not order from Amazon or Etsy when you're ordering packages. I mean, ordering your uh, your packaging because it's not wholesale cost. So when you're shopping, it may seem cost efficient when you're buying only six bottles and you're not really thinking about 
how much you're actually going to sell it for just yet. You're just trying to, you know, you're excited about packaging your product. You're excited about getting the contents inside of a jar, bottle, bag, whatever, because you cannot wait to see the finished product. But what you have to take into account is that's going to actually go into your profit margin. It's going to cut into your profit margin. So you want to shop at SKS Bottles. You want to shop at Essential Wholesale. No, that's where you get your raw ingredients from, Essential Wholesale and all of that. But, you you know, for your packaging, you want to shop MidwestBottles.com. You know, so you want to do some research on wholesale packaging, but stay the hell away from Amazon.com and Etsy. They are through the nose. Because when you get down to costing this stuff out, you're going to see that you either need to sell it for $45 when it's, you know, when it's a $20 product or whatever, just to make a profit off of it. And so you want to do your homework and do, and it's a cost calculator that's out here. And I'm going to, it's black owned. I'm going to tell you about it in just one second. Okay, it's called Priceomatic. So a lot of us crafters that are familiar with this cost calculator use Priceomatic. Priceomatic, a husband and a wife created it. I don't have their names, but if you Google Priceomatic, you will see their story too. Um, You know, she... She's a crafter. I don't remember if she makes shampoo, conditioner, body butter. I don't remember, but she's definitely a crafter. And, you know, trying to cost out essential oils and all that other stuff can be, a, oh, just nerve wracking, just nerve wracking. So Priceomatic is going to do the thinking for you. You just input how much you pay for that stuff, how many units you're trying to get out of each batch. And then it'll go ahead and price it out. It's very important that you know how much everything costs. I don't know if you watch The Profit on CNBC. I think that's the station. But we watch it all the time from the DVR, though. That's why I don't know. But, you know, when you're sitting... So... On the profit, Marcus has gone into restaurants and he would ask them when when he finally decided to do a deal and he will work with them and all this other stuff. He would ask, okay, do you know how much um, it costs for that to create to make that unit? One unit represents one jar, one burger, one lip gloss. You know, that's one unit. And he will ask you, do you know how much it costs for you to make that? You know, some people knew their numbers and some people didn't. Those that don't know their numbers, they don't know if they're making money or not. You don't even know if you're in a hole. So when you're, you know, when he will say, okay, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and cost it out for those that didn't know their numbers. He would take them through how to cost things out. And so for a burger, they would, you know, they would take the burger apart and they will weigh out the lettuce, weigh out the the onions, you know, weigh the bun, all of that. 
And then they would cost out that lattice. You know, it's two ounces of lattice and it costs 10 cents to put it on the burger. You know, you need to know that. That's why you need to know how much you're paying for each bottle, each top, each, you know, label that you create, because that goes into the cost. And then you will soon find out when you go on Etsy, Etsy and you buy an eight ounce bullet bottle for a dollar and 29 cents when you could have gotten it from SKS bottle for like the, the, the cap and the bullet bottle together. It might cost you 34 cents. That makes it makes a huge difference when it comes down to you trying to bring some 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 money home to feed these kids. You know, because honest to Pete, when it's time for you to go and pitch to these retailers and they tell you, we're not buying your, uh, at you, we're not buying your shampoo at cost. We want 50% discount. So where it might cost you a dollar and 29 cent, you know, to make one, uh, shampoo or whatever, when you factor in labor and factor in raw ingredients and factor in how much it costs to, you know, ship that stuff to you and, and paying yourself and paying the electricity and, you know, the blender and, you know, all of that. And they tell you like, I don't, I'm only paying you 75 cent G. That's it. You know, so it's like, well, shoot, I got to, now divvy up this 75 cent times 12 because, you know, Whole Foods, like I said, each store only orders 12 units of each product from me because they can only order what they fit on the shelf. Anything outside of that, um, anything more than that, they, they have to wait until the people buy it, make room on the shelf, and then they, or, they do a reorder. Where, you know, I don't know if there's chicken in from Purdue or something. They might have cases of it in the bag, you know. But us local suppliers, they only order what can fit on the shelf. So, you know, they might tell you, hey, you know, we're only ordering 12 units for this one store. and then, But it's 12 units, you know, per store per product line, you know, per product. So 12 of hair butter, 12 shampoo, 12 conditioner. I don't have my hair serum in the store yet. And so that's just one store. And so, you know, when you really think about it, and I've said this, and I've been told this by uh, a company that is a multi-million dollar company. She said, but when I bring it home, it ain't a million dollars because you now you're paying co-packers and then you're paying you know, uh, the, the wholesale cost has been shaved off the top and, and all this other stuff and employees and, 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 you know, you have someone to go out, a broker to go out and land these deals. And then they want 3%, you know, of, of each deal. And you're not bringing all of that home. You're not, it's worth, she can sell it, you know, for, a few million dollars, but that's not what she's bringing home. You know, that's, that's her company is valued at that. And so that's why I'm, I'm talking so much about this is because this label 
this the these containers that you're buying, you need to make sure that you're getting the best deal possible at wholesale. And of course, it needs to be functional for your customers and the colors need to resonate with them and want them to engage with your product and buy it. All of that. A lot of thinking goes behind this. It's more than just, oh my God, this is a cute container. Let me put some stuff in it and sell it. It's more than that. And so, you know, so I just want you to think about that. Study your competitors' packaging. See what they're doing, especially the ones that's doing well. What you want to do with your competitors? You want to study the ones that's doing well, and you want to study the ones that's struggling. And it's the reason behind that. You you don't want to make the mistakes that your your uh, competitors that's struggling are making. You want to watch closely, you know, as to what they're doing. Like when Shea Moisture made that big boo boo, I knew not to do that. When they made an ad, had all them white women in it, and then one little black girl at the end of the ad for like 0.3 seconds. Man, they drugged them. They canceled them. My daughter talked about cancel culture. They straight canceled them. I'm like, I don't want that to be me. I know what not to do. So you want to study both. You don't want to get too caught up in your competitors to make where it makes you feel insecure about where you are right now in your business. But you do want to see what they're doing, especially the ones that's winning. You got to got to kind of look at them a little bit. Because you can learn a lot <clears throat> about the moves that you might want to make and some moves you don't. So look at their packaging, see what colors they've chosen, you know, especially the ones walk down an aisle uh, that's selling a product that you're selling and see what catches your eye first. And then ask yourself why. And I mean, like in a good way. Why did it catch your eye? Why did you want to buy? You know, I like to buy things that are pretty. Like aesthetically pretty, like. That's the first thing, like perfume bottles, you know, all of that body wash and pretty lip gloss. Yeah. And then you hope to and pray that the product that's inside, you know, it, it does what it's supposed to do. I like I like stuff that smell good, you know, shampoos and stuff. But I hope my hair feel amazing. I bought a product. um, And. I bought it because I like the way it looked, but it made my hair feel terrible. So you don't want that to be you. You want to be winning all around. So, but yeah, just go and study. Another thing you need to do is when you're buying your packaging and you finally set on, you know, what is going to be the colors and all of that. Now you need to kind of measure your dimensions of your package when you're preparing to go retail because that's one of the questions they ask you. They ask you the the height and width of each box or the weight of, you know, your your food, <clears throat> your food packaging. Yes, I'm still a little sick. I'm trying to hide it, but um yeah, my throat be getting dry. I knew I should have had some water in here, but whatever. So 
Oh, Taylor got some Gatorade that she's not drinking anymore, and I'm for the drink it. Okay, hold on a second. I had to wet my throat. <clears throat> and so you want to study the, the well, you want to know the dimensions because they're going to make shelf space accordingly. So they have a, what you call a planogram. A planogram tells them, well, a planogram is designed to position you in on the shelf a certain way. Like they have specific shelving um, where they have products set up a certain way. And in that planogram, you are assigned a position on the shelf. Well, they do need to know the dimensions of your product in order to um, effectively be able to position all product, you know, uh, the way they need to, to position them on the shelf. So if they basically what I'm saying is if they know that you have four products that need to go on the shelf. They need to know if they have adequate enough space to fit you and this other product line next to each other. And if the measurements are off, then the planogram will be off because they plan to have all of your product and all of their product to fit on the second shelf. You see what I'm saying? So it takes some calculations. They need to measure out the shelf space to make sure they can fit you and that product. So you need to know the dimensions of your product. That's when you're dealing with a bigger box store. Now, your mom and pop store, they'll just push some sh shit stuff aside. Sorry. Push some stuff aside and be like, okay, we're just going to fit you right here. Because they don't have planograms and stuff like that. They're like, okay, you know what? We I like you. We go put you here where everybody can see you. So <laughs> that's how they do that. But yeah. Oh my God, like this episode has, it's 30 minutes. So look what we're going to do. We are going to continue um, packaging next week because we need to talk about how to hire a graphic designer. And that's a whole conversation by itself because I had the worst nightmare, the worst nightmare when I was trying to hire graphic designers to create these labels. We need to go over what needs to go on your labels when you're going retail. It's not a good enough just to have ingredients and, and, and uh, your logo and, you know, the, the, the name of the content that's in the jar, it's not good enough. We have to talk about NC codes, which is them long names for uh, the word shea butter and stuff like that. We need to talk about, you know, uh, how to properly measure the ingredients that's going in a jar and all of that. We need to talk about where to find barcodes and all of that. So we're going to, it's going to be a part two of packaging. So we can talk about exactly how to get this right, because we're going to go off the guidelines of Whole Foods. Whole Foods has the strictest guidelines when it comes to labeling. 
They go line by line by line. And then they go, they'll let you know if your label has been approved or not. Also, if you're trying to sell on walmart.com and you're trying to sell on the, um, sell on amazon.com, you have to have proper barcodes for that. So we're going to talk about that next week. Um, we're going to have that conversation. So check me out. Um, make sure you, you know, follow me also too. shoot me some questions. If you have any questions about what you, or, or have topics that you want me to speak about, drop me a line. You can send me a recording here on anchor.com, or you can send me an inbox on Iris Nicole Patterson lifetime lifestyle vlog. Or if you follow me on my regular page, you can send me an inbox and you can let me know what you want me to um, actually talk about. So, all right. You know what? Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you.